You're listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, where we talk about faith, friendships, and feature boss women from the Black Girls of Purpose community. I'm your host, Brianna Lightfoot-Smith, founder and CEO of Black Girls of Purpose. Hey, Purpose Peeps, we're back with the final episode of our HOPE series. For the past two weeks, we've been studying how to have hope in hopeless situations. During week one, we looked at the story of a girl restored and a woman healed, which taught us that we can keep the faith and maintain our hope even if a situation, relationship, or breakthrough appears to be dead if we make a decision to believe what God says. Last week, we looked at the story of Peter and Jesus walking on water and discovered that if we're going to have hope in hopeless situations, we also have to trust who God is. And this week, we're going to talk about the final piece necessary to endure and keep hope in the midst of hopeless situations, and that's yielding to God's process. For this study, we're going to focus on the book of Habakkuk. We'll look intently at Habakkuk 2.3, but we'll do a quick overview of the book in its entirety so that you can get the context of the book because it is good. Trust me. So let's get ready to read. Our main verse for today comes from Habakkuk 2 and 3. It says, the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will surely come and will not delay. At this point in scripture, God is speaking, specifically answering a request slash complaint that Habakkuk has made. The entire book of Habakkuk is only three chapters. And in chapter one, Habakkuk submits to God a formal complaint. The people of Habakkuk's time have abandoned God and Habakkuk has prayed that justice will be served but he feels like his situation is hopeless because it appears God is not answering. He asked God in Habakkuk 1 and 2, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear, or cry to you violence and you will not save? God answers his prayer and he does so rather quickly. In verse 5 of chapter 1, he says, Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Right off the bat, Habakkuk is encouraged to trust God's sovereignty, and this ties in with one of the principles we learned in our first week. We cannot allow our hope in God to be based on what we see. Habakkuk was surrounded by destruction and violence, but God in essence says, believe what I say and trust in me. On the outside, it may seem horrific or unbelievable, but I am up to something. As I studied this, it actually made me think of a scene from a Toy Story. So shout out to the 90s babies. Um, If you've ever seen the first Toy Story, you may be able to guess where I'm going. But in the first Toy Story, the main character, Woody, and his friend, Buzz, are in the house of a child who is, let's just say, less than friendly. Uh, He loves taking toys apart, blowing them up, and all sorts of things. When Woody first encounters the disfigured toys that Sid, the child, had made, he calls them cannibals and tries to hide from them because he's afraid based on what he can see. Later in the movie, the disfigured toys helped Buzz be put back together again after he fell out the window and, you know, he was trying to fly, if y'all remember that scene. And Woody was just shocked and surprised because though they looked disfigured, they were actually a blessing. This shows me that sometimes our breakthrough and blessings may come in packages that we are not expecting. Thankfully, God is not limited to our perspective. He's doing a new thing. And if we choose to believe what he says and trust who he is, we can maintain our hope even when circumstances or the process to get our breakthrough seem bleak. 
Going back to our Bible story, we meet Habakkuk again in chapter two, and this time his faith in God and his reverence toward God seem to increase. Though he still has a complaint against what he sees, he first takes the time to acknowledge God's character, calling him everlasting and holy. This allows Habakkuk to take his eyes off the winds and waves, quote unquote, of his situation and circumstances and place them onto the God that he is serving. And as a result, gives him the confidence to start chapter two, not sounding hopeless like he did in chapter one, but instead full of an attitude of expectancy. He is enduring trials and then asking for wisdom on how to handle those trials. And he asks in faith without doubting, which we learn is important if we read James 1, 6. This is really a crucial piece because we're told if we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And we know, he he- we know he hears Habakkuk because of his answer in Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. He says, write the vision and make it plain so he may run who reads it. He says, the vision is for the appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie, though it tarries wait for it, for it will surely come and it will not delay. God assures Habakkuk that deliverance will take place, but it will happen in his timing. And that's what it- God has assured me when it comes to our family and our becoming debt free. He has not allowed me to forget the initial promise, but there is a process to it so that the fruit it produces is lasting. I love um, this story in Habakkuk just because it's it's just so encouraging. And if we look at Habakkuk in chapter three, he shifts completely from questioning God to breaking out in a full on worship session that acknowledges who God is and what he's done already. With that confidence in place, Habakkuk makes the choice to quietly wait and rejoice in the Lord despite what he sees. And we read this specifically in Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. He said, though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fails and and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. He tells God in essence, okay, Lord, I don't understand, but I will trust the process. I will have hope in the midst of what seems like a hopeless situation. The ESV English Standard Version Commentary Bible reads, though it is unclear how there will be food to eat, Even amid suffering and loss, Habakkuk has learned that he can trust God, and with that trust comes great joy, not in circumstances, but in God himself. Yahweh has become Habakkuk's strength, and because of that, he can have sure-footed confidence. And notice those two words that are a part of hope's definition, trust and confidence. Remember from week one, we learned confident trust is exactly what hope is. It's that choice to believe what God says, And it's that choice to trust who God is, even when it doesn't look like what you thought, even when everyone else thinks that your promise is dead, even when you're in the middle of a boat and there's a storm and it seems like you've been abandoned. Hope says, I have confident trust in God and I believe in him. And this story shows us that if God gave you the vision in the beginning, then you can trust that he will fulfill it. I love a passage in uh, Isaiah 40, chapter 31. It says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
It's important to note here that waiting, which is a part of many processes, does not equate to idleness. There's likely something that God has called you to do in this season. So while you wait for your promise, get to it. For me, I know that in this season of our finances being kind of in a rocky place uh, and me not working, just getting prepared for uh, baby number two's deliverance, I have learned how to be more submissive to my husband. I have learned how to communicate better with our finances because I used to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to manage it. You're not even invested in this, so you don't care. And now it's something that we're doing as a collective, as a unit. I have grown so much in humility because I've learned to ask for help in some cases because it's like uh we need money to do this particular thing and in other cases it's just been hey babe I'm really tired can you watch Jaden while I take a nap <laughs> um I have grown in faithfulness I shared or did I share that I'm not sure but God has called me to start getting up even earlier in the mornings uh, and that has required a lot of self-discipline But I see that he's preparing me for this new season where I'm not going to just have one child. I'm going to have two children. I have a um, prayer room that I go to every week and God placed it on my heart to join a prayer room shift. I've also been called out to help with the young adult ministry at my church. Whenever that gets started, uh, I'm working to make the script for a young women's conference. It's just a women's conference that my church is doing in May. And I'm still working behind the scenes to prepare my nonprofit. Like we've got our filing and everything that I share. If you don't know what I'm talking about, be sure to go and check out our monthly updates. But we have a nonprofit called Unity Queens and we're working on programming behind the scene. So There is still a lot that God has for me to do in this season. He doesn't want me just sitting on my hands. And I think that when I am obedient to what he has told me to do, instead of focusing on what I feel like I don't have yet, I'm filled with so much more peace. And I think that you can be too if you find out what your one thing is. We have to remember that Isaiah 43 says that God is a God who makes a way in the wilderness. And he can bring change about in your situation in a manner and timing that he predestined. We have to believe what God says. We have to trust who God is. And we have to yield to the process. That, my loves, is how you have hope in hopeless situations. We've discussed so many powerful truths over the past few weeks. And I felt like I wanted to tie everything in with a Bible story that we talked about in week one, believe what God says. It comes out of John 11, and it was when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. I always thought that it was interesting that Jesus says he was actually glad that Lazarus died. And he says this in John eleven fifteen. He said, for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. This ties in a truth that circles in everything. Sometimes our hopelessness creates the perfect environment for God's glory to manifest. And for those of us who are on the walk, on the edge of our faith walk, it gives us the courage we need to jump all in. 
As scripture says, the Lord is not slow as some understand slowness, but he is patient with us, wanting every heart to come to repentance. He's patient enough to purify us of everything in us that's unlike him, even if that means allowing certain parts of us to die so that our new selves can be resurrected. We have to remember if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And I think even that old things have have passed away represents like our old tendencies and our old mindsets. I know that I came into this financial journey with a completely different perspective on finances that I thought, you know, (laughs) I joked about this the other week, but it's not tricking if you got it, that people... Like a budget is cute to have, but you don't need to constantly monitor it. And I can tell y'all, and I I hope you hear the change in my voice from week one to now. And And I thank God that he had me do this series because I feel like I just got this boost of energy that I'm excited to even keep waiting because I'm like okay Lord but I know what your promise says and I know who you are and I and I and I believe what you say and and so we're gonna get through this I don't have to lean on my own understanding I can stand on who you are and who you called me to be and I don't have to worry about figuring it out because you work all things together for your good and your glory Um, I want to acknowledge real quick, anyone who's thinking, Brie, this whole three-part method thing, believe what God says, trust who he is, yield to the process, may work for other people, but it won't work for me. You may think to yourself, I am the reason why I'm in this hopeless situation. I cheated. I was a poor steward of my finances. I turned my back on God. I don't deserve his goodness or his deliverance. I want to remind you about me. I told y'all, if you haven't listened already, please go back and listen to my money story from the wisdom series. But I shared how I was not a good steward of my finances. And I just reiterated that because of the mindset that I had about money. I knew I had to get to a point where I had to understand that guilt and condemnation do not come from God. They come from the devil. And you know that scripture says, if any man is in in Christ, he's a new creation. And that's why I even shared that uh, passage earlier. You have to understand there is nothing that you have done that is just so far past God's forgiveness. We have to stand on God's promises. We have to believe what he says. We have to trust who he is. And I wanted to share a few scriptures that I think will help you in the upcoming weeks. If you're still struggling to stay encouraged, or if you're still battling with guilt or shame from past decisions that you feel like landed you in your specific situation. The first passage comes from Psalm 103, 8 through 10. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and rich in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. That means that if you ask God for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to forgive, not because you're so deserving, but because of his own faithfulness. We see this in Daniel 9, 18b through 19. Daniel says, 
For we are not presenting our petitions before you based on our righteous acts, but based on your abundant compassion. And that shows me, it says, okay, Lord, I can acknowledge that I'm a jacked up person, that I'm, you will often hear sinners say, or sinners, people who are, have uh, accepted Christ as their savior saying that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. We can acknowledge that we are not the, the best people, that we don't always do the best things. Because it, it, it kind of goes back to that first lesson about acknowledging our need. We can say, God, I keep messing up. But that invites him into our situation and it invites him to work for his glory. I also love Psalm 35. So that's Psalm verse or chapter 30, verse 5. It says, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all of unrighteousness. And 1 Peter 5 and 10, which is one of my favorite verses, and I told y'all I've been meditating on it throughout this entire series. It says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. God has so much for you if you're listening to this. And I know he is intentional because he moved back my editorial calendar. I, I was going to talk about finances this month or I might have planned on talking about faith. And God was like, no, you need to talk about hope because people are feeling hopeless. And I even think about the government shutdown and the 800,000 employees who have been going without paychecks. And I just have to stand on God's faithfulness because it's easy to get discouraged. Even if it's not about your own situation, if you have a family member, if you have a friend who's going through stuff and you're like, Lord, they can't seem to catch a break. What are you trying to do to them? This can give them encouragement. This can give you encouragement so you can encourage them. And I hope y'all with all of my heart that through this series, you have been blessed I shared before that if it didn't apply to you specifically, and I just shared now, if it doesn't apply to a family member or a friend, that I hope you keep it in your back pocket, that maybe God is preparing you for something that's coming. And because you have his word planted in your heart, you'll be able to fight against any lies from the enemy that say, oh my gosh, well, you're going through this, so clearly God doesn't care about you or Maybe you don't know him as well as you think. Until we get to heaven, some things in life are going to be bleak. That is just plain and simple. And as long as we are burdened by sin and make foolish decisions, sometimes we're going to get caught in hopeless situations or seemingly hopeless situations. But God is faithful. And I I'm literally sitting in, in my house just, just wanting to shout out to him because I feel like there are people who are going to be delivered through this message. And I am just praying that God will open up your eyes and that he will give you that boost of encouragement that you need and that he will continue to show himself strong in your situation, even in ways that you weren't expecting, that he will continue to grow you in humility, that he will use your situation to make you more like him and that you will get to know his character you will get to know his faithfulness. So I just pray that you have been 
so blessed by this series and I do want to uh, give you the verse to meditate on and song to listen to for this week. And Psalm 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. And the song is my hope, which in parentheses is called Psalm 135 and it's by GL. G-I-E-L, and I may be butchering that name completely, but I think it's the perfect song to wrap up this series, and I hope that you will just blast it out anytime you're feeling like, okay, I was encouraged last night, but woke up sad this morning. Remember, scripture says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning, and as long as you keep fighting, it is a fight, y'all, but as long as you keep fighting, I promise you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Since this is our last episode for this series, I do want to close out in prayer briefly. Um, dear Lord, thank you for this day, God. Thank you for this series. Thank you for the way that it has encouraged me uh, that instead of looking at my own circumstances, I am looking to you and I am standing and believing, that, God, that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ask or think. God, I thank you that sometimes you allow our situations to seem hopeless so that you can step in and so that we can be a testament of your goodness. Lord, we are not deserving of anything that you have done. All or we are all we are deserving of is death. And somehow you still choose to use broken people to testify to your strength. And so, Lord, I just pray for every brother and sister who's listening to this podcast, Lord God. I pray that you would help all of us to die to ourselves daily, that we put off the sin that so easily ensnares us, like scripture says, and run with endurance the race set before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I pray that you would help us to remember that you sacrificed everything for us. So we should learn to trust and wait that when we don't understand the process, we will follow you anyway. You are worthy of our sacrifice and you are worthy of our praise. Lord, give us the courage that we need to believe what you say. Give us the courage that we need to trust who you are, Lord God, and give us the courage that we need to yield to the process because we know that when we come on the other side, when we come out on the other side, we will be worshiping you and praising you and saying great is God's faithfulness. Hey, Purpose Peeps, before I close out the episode for this week, God put it on my heart to extend the invitation of salvation to somebody. Because ultimately, everything I shared, believing what God says, trusting who God is, and even yielding to the process only applies to you if you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior and have committed to live for Him. If you have not, it's kind of like showing up to the Apple Store with a Galaxy phone and asking them to fix it. They tell you, we don't have a contract with you, so you can't get the same benefits as someone who's bought a phone from us and made that commitment. If you are interested in making that commitment now, if you're looking for hope in your seemingly hopeless situation, if you tried everything else just to end up in the same place over and over again, then I invite you to believe in him. And it's a very simple process. First, admit that you even have a need for him. Acknowledge that you've tried it every other way and didn't get it right. But now you want to be legit. Next, believe that as God says in John 3, 16, he loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus on the cross to die for your sins so that you could have a direct relationship with him. And lastly, it requires confessing that Jesus is Lord over your life, meaning you will trust him to direct your footsteps. 
The process of transformation won't be overnight, but this is the best first step. So if you're ready to experience that transformation, I pray you'll pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way, Lord God. Uh, right now, Lord, I acknowledge that I have not made you the leader over my life prior to this moment, but I am in a hopeless or seemingly hopeless situation and I want to do things differently. So Lord, I ask that you would um, place your Holy Spirit inside of me, Lord. I admit that I do not know what I'm doing. I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sins so that I could come to you with this prayer so that I come, can come to you for direction. Lord, I confess that Jesus is Lord over my life. I want to have a transformed life. I want to live differently. And so I just ask that from this moment forward, God, that you would be the one who would assist me. I ask all these things in the name of my new Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast for this week. Please join our community by doing two things. First, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by visiting blackgirlsofpurpose.org slash join. When you do, you'll receive a series of emails from me that includes a host of free goodies. The first being the Purpose Pathway Guide, which helps you on your journey to more purposeful living. Second, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls of Purpose if you're not already. We share encouraging posts throughout the week and periodically throw social media contests for Black Girls of Purpose goodies. Subscribe to the podcast to get notifications sent directly to your phones when we publish new episodes. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, just to name a few. So whether you're team iPhone or team Android, we've got something for you. Lastly, if you enjoy our Black Girls of Purpose podcast, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review. That helps us expand our reach. Thank you again for listening to the Black Girls of Purpose podcast. Here's to more purposeful living. It's never that easy to choose purpose, but I would die to my flesh, live a life of worship. I'm really, really, really trying to make it into heaven. I'm trying to heal 